Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. We're in a sermon series regarding our renewed vision for our church. Together, we are learning to be hungry, humble, and hospitable disciples of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Well, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And Matthew is about three-fourths of the way back in your Bibles. It's the famous section often called the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5. And if you're using the black Bibles that are in the seat back near you, it's on page 677. We are in a series called H3 Disciples, where we're renewing the vision that God has for our particular church. And as you're turning there, um, you're going to see that we're going to read this verse, verse 7, together out loud from the same translation. But keep your place, because I'm going to ask you to turn uh, to another place nearby. So here's the question I want to ask this morning as we continue in this series. If you're following along in the notes, what if our church family becomes unwelcoming and uninviting? What if our church family becomes unwelcoming and uninviting. There's a man in our church who was talking to me recently about when he's been on vacation, sometimes he'll visit different churches just to make sure that he honors God and worships God with other people, other followers of Christ. And so he was out in another state and he, over a period of a couple Sundays, he visited a couple churches. The first church he went into Uh, looked from all the appearances outside like one that he would be able to relate to quickly. And he walked in, and uh, the only person that greeted him before he left was the pastor on the way out. The next Sunday, he went to another church, and the only person he met was the person he went up and introduced himself to. And I thought to myself, that could happen to us. What if people walk in and walk out of these doors... And they never, ever sense a spirit of hospitality. What happens if we ever become like that? Well, what we're doing these days is talking about what Jesus wants us to become. And uh, if you haven't seen this already, three weeks ago, we used this three-word phrase uh, that we're learning is so important, becoming before doing. Jesus really does care what kind of people we're becoming, even more than what we do. Because if we're becoming the right kind of people with him, then the things we do will flow out of that. And so for years, we've been saying, we're declaring war on shallow Christianity, beginning with ourselves. And then we always said, and the way that we want to do that as his disciples is to love the Lord, love one another, and serve the world. And that's still true. We definitely still want to do that. But we realized that we kind of skipped a step. What kind of people is Jesus wanting to make us first so that when we love the Lord, love one another and serve the world, it comes from the right heart, the right spirit. And so we've renewed our vision. We put it up here on the banner. You can pick either one of them. They say the same thing. But do you mind reading with me out loud? We are fighting shallow Christianity by becoming H3 disciples of Jesus who are hungry, humble, and hospitable. Would you try those three H words again with me? Hungry, humble, and hospitable. Now, maybe in the coming weeks, I'll write a bulletin column of why the order of that is important for us. But for today, what I want you to see is that this is really what we believe Jesus is wanting to shape more deeply in us, what he wants us to become with him, because this is who Jesus is in large part. This is the spirit that people encountered when they interacted with him. So if you're following along, what I want you to see is that Jesus practiced 
practiced and blesses this heart posture and attitude, the one we're looking at today as well, hospitable. Jesus practiced and blesses this heart posture and attitude. Now, in just a little bit, I'm going to try and link merciful and hospitable. So you may wonder, like, why are we talking about, you know, blessed are the merciful here in this verse? But I want to ask you, if you would, to read with me Matthew 5, 7 out loud as it's listed there in the notes so that we can hear it together. This is God's word. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, I told you, if you turn your Bibles over to the right a little bit, late in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus comes back to a similar theme. It's in verse 12. You can look at it with me, but I'll read it out loud from my translation. So here's what he says. So in everything. Jesus, what do you mean everything? He means everything. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. If you were to take the whole testament of what God's after, he's trying to say, I want you to have the kind of heart that when you interact with other people, you do to them what you would also like them to do to you. Wow. So we're going to talk about hospitable today. We want to unpack it. We want to picture what it would look like actually working in our own lives, this heart posture, this attitude, uh, this way of Jesus. And then we're going to actually uh, take communion together, which is really an incredible invitation to hospitality on the Lord's part. So would you pray with me? And before we pray, let me just, I want to say one more thing. Why do we need this message? Why, why learn to be hospitable? I don't know what you're going through in your life right now, and I don't know how you feel the culture that we live in. But I feel the pull of our culture almost always pulling me towards being more self-focused. I feel like it's so tempting to pay more attention to a device than a person. I feel the pull of hurry and busyness. I feel that it's so easy sometimes to do a task instead of enrich a relationship. And so when we think about this, it's going to be easy for us if we're not careful. The gradual drift of our culture, the gradual drift of our hearts is going to be to cocoon, to make our houses castles where it's just about us being happy and being by ourselves and doing the things we want to do for ourselves. And so we need this message with the teeth that it has to call us to something higher, to call us to something that's more long-lasting and worthwhile. And so I pray that God will use this time we have together before we take communion. Let's pray. Now, Lord, we fail this. We need your help to be hospitable instead of become more antisocial or more cocooning or more self-focused, please help us, O oh Lord. Please give us your heart. We thank you that that was not your posture towards us. And we pray that you will enrich in our church family a welcoming and inviting spirit for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of the watching world, and most of all, for your glory. Amen. So would you think with me now about how merciful and hospitable fit together? If you're following along, when Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, what does he mean? Here's a definition I've put in your notes. Merciful is caring, thoughtful, kind. Caring, thoughtful, kind. Another word is compassionate. And it's something that, again, comes from the inside of a person. 
It, it, a simple way to say it is that if you're merciful, you regularly put yourself in another person's shoes and say, what would it be like to be them right now and how can I care about them? And so as you think about merciful, one of the things that Jesus had to combat among religious people of his day is that when he would spend time with tax collectors and sinners, the religious people would say, why in the world is he spending time with the scum of the earth like that? They don't deserve hospitality from me. They're out. They're losers. They lost it. They wasted their life. And Jesus says, you don't get it. You don't get it. Matthew 9, 13, he says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifices like you're trying to impress God with. I want you to be caring, thoughtful, and kind, even for these people that you think aren't worth your time. And then he said, when it came to forgiveness, he used a parable where he said, should you not have had mercy on them as I had on you? Later, he would say these words in Matthew, excuse me, in Luke 6, verse 36. I think we have them on the screen. After all the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount that was found in Luke, sometimes called the Sermon on the Plain, he closes with this phrase. Let's read it together. Be merciful just as your father is merciful, you know, implied to you. And that's his character. And then he tells this famous story that even people outside the church know called the Good Samaritan. And I don't know if you know Luke 10, but next week we're going to return to Luke's gospel, and we'll be in Luke's gospel till next June. How's that? And as we spend time, we're going to pick it up where we left off, and Pastor Brian is going to teach on this next week, the Good Samaritan. You won't want to miss it. But here's what I want. I got permission to say what I'm going to say about Luke 10 now, so I don't uh, take away what he's going to share next week. Here's the deal. When Jesus was confronted with a religious teacher. The religious teacher says, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, well, how do you, how do you read the, the law? How do you read the Old Testament? You know, what's important? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you got it. Those are the two. If you had to net everything God's after, that's what he's after right there. And so to justify himself, this religious teacher said, well, who is my neighbor? Now, Jesus would eventually answer with a parable called the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in a way, he was saying, uh, you're kind of asking that question to justify yourself, but I think you already know who your neighbor is. So let me tell you a story that'll change your question. And then he tells about how this man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on his way down, he was attacked by bandits. Common thing in that particular road. Everybody would have known that when they heard the route. And when Jesus told us, he says, and so he's laying there on the side of the road, left for dead. Well, a couple religious guys, a Levite and a priest, are leaving the church. They've been working all day at the church, and they pass this guy, and they look at him. They see him, the Bible says, and then they pass by on the other side. They don't have mercy. They don't have compassion working in their heart. But then a Samaritan, and the whole crowd would have hissed, oh my goodness, a Samaritan. Ugh. And he said, a Samaritan looked and saw this man and he had mercy, he had compassion and he went and cared for his wounds. He took him to an inn and cared for him and then he had to leave and go further with his business but he went to the innkeeper and said, here, here's some money to take care of him and if I owe you any more when I get back, I'll pay it. Then Jesus ends by saying, now which of these three was a neighbor to the man? Was a neighbor hear the difference? And the guy said, 
the one who showed mercy to him. And Jesus said, bingo, go and do likewise. Merciful. The good Samaritan was merciful, caring, thoughtful, kind, compassionate, hospitable. So if you're following along, unpacking the hospitable posture, what is hospital? Hospitable is our response to God being hospitable to us. Hospitable is our response to God first being hospitable to us. If you look down in the second gray box there on the second line, would you read Romans 15, 7 with me out loud, please? Welcome one another as the Lord has welcomed you. Now, let me just take a few moments here. I know some of you are thrilled to have the whiteboard back. Uh, the, 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 just the sheer, the sheer artwork that's you know, displayed here. And uh, so, again, I don't know if you can all see this here, but I've drawn a circle. And the circle, what I want to say is, is that uh, the Bible tells us that before there was ever human beings, before there was time, before there was anything, there was God. God was, God is, God always will be. And so the Bible tells us that God was in community with himself. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've read about them, they're crazy about each other. They love each other. They have a phenomenal, phenomenal relationship, community, perfect community. But the Bible says in chapter one that they decided to enlarge and make room in their perfect community for human beings. They said, let us make man in our image. Male and female, he created them in his likeness. What does that mean? He gave us the capacity and the desire for community with him. And so he invited us into this circle. He says, look, we'll make room for you. You can be inside this rich circle of community with us. He made us for community with him. I don't know if you realize that, but that's one of the reasons you were made. And so when he did that, the Bible tells us that things were going along great. Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day, enjoying this kind of community. But then, when they were tempted by the serpent, they decided to bail. They decided to go independent. They decided to not only disobey God, but they decided, look, we can do fine on our own. And so that relationship was broken and it put them outside of that perfect community. Now, God could have said, well, we tried. God could have said, let them experience the consequences of their decision. You know, we still have perfect community. But he didn't do that. He not only made us but as we learned a few weeks ago, he decided to do an incredible thing. He decided to pay for us so that they sent his son to leave the perfect circle of community and come down to us and become one of us. And then on the cross, in order to pay for the penalty of our high treason, the Bible says there came a moment when he cried out, it became dark. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And God, for the first time ever, had to turn away from his own son. The perfect community they had experienced from all eternity. And Jesus went through that heartache in order to bring us back to God. So that through the cross, 
the Lord could take anyone who would repent and humble themselves and put their trust in what Jesus had done for them. They could be invited back into community. Do you sense the hospitable spirit of our God? What a God. Therefore, this is our response now as we learn to be hospitable like him. We go, look, look, he included me. I want to invite you. He made room for me. He welcomed me. So welcome one another as the Lord has welcomed you. So now we move to this word hospitable. Hospitable, if you're following along, means welcoming, inviting, attentive, and warm-hearted. Welcoming, inviting, attentive, and warm-hearted. Uh, the idea literally, hospitable, if you study the word hospitality in the scriptures, it's made of two words, philos and also xenos, which means love for or affection for strangers, guests. And the idea meant to be at one point, a lot of people associated hospitality with having people in your home. It would be sometimes extending a meal to them. But the idea was, is that you didn't just think of us for no more. It wasn't frozen, chosen for Jesus. It was now suddenly saying, okay, how can I think outside of our circle? Because what we've been invited into is rich. How do we make room for others? And it carries this idea of generous, big hearted, not small-hearted, warm-hearted, not cold-hearted. So when a person is becoming hospitable, what fires their hearts? What fires their hearts is the incredible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ to us in the first place. Not just once, not just when we first trust him, but day after day after day. How many people still need the mercy and grace of Jesus every day? Absolutely. The hospitable spirit that he offers us. So I want to just say something right here. In a way, hospitable is not new for our church family. Years ago, years ago, this began to be birthed in our church. Our church has had a loving spirit, even when it was back on South 7th Street, then when it came to Outer Park. But there came a season in 1982 when the church had gone through something really painful. I remember the first time I walked into the building. You've heard me say it before. When I walked into that worship center that first time, I wasn't part of Cherry Hills. I was just a guest. But I noticed that no one sat in front of the halfway mark of the church. And I later found out that they had gone through some pain. And so it wasn't that they didn't want to be loving. They were just more guarded. They were trying to recover. And one of the things that they said to my dad was, would you teach us how to love each other again? See, they wanted, they wanted to be hospitable again. And so when my dad came in 1982, one of the things he began to say, the dream that God gave him is says, look, here's what we're called to be, Cherry Hills. We're called to be a family. We're called to be a family. Not just some people that offer services and occasionally see each other. We're called to be a family in and to a broken world. And then as he began to teach on some of these things, one day a guy was in the shower and he had this idea. I think I can put it in a sentence. So he called my dad and says, is this it? My dad said, that's it. Learning to be the loving and inviting family of God. And for some of you that weren't part of Cherry Hills, this became a sentence that ran through our minds many times in those years. Learning to be the loving and inviting family of God. And that's changed us, friends. Now, again, please know, I got an email even just in last month that said that there was someone that had come into our church family, had been coming for several months, and a person went up and said, I've seen you a couple times. I'm sorry I haven't introduced myself before. And they said, you're the first person to say more than hi to me. 
So we still can keep growing in this, but we're learning. We want to learn this. We want to grow in this posture. So if you do, here's some more things about it. If you're wanting to grow in being hospitable, know this. It's daily acknowledging the Lord and acknowledging people. It's daily acknowledging the Lord and acknowledging people. Four weeks ago, I finished the blessing series, and we talked about how we can be a blessing as a church. I told you at that time that if someone were to ask me what I try and practice every day in my life, if I was to net it down to two simple things I try and remember every day, it's to acknowledge the Lord in all my ways and to acknowledge the people in my path, the people that are before me. To acknowledge means to notice, to recognize, to appreciate, to honor someone. So to first honor the Lord and then say, okay. And we saw how the Macedonian churches gave themselves first to the Lord. They acknowledged him and then they gave themselves to us. The Bible says they acknowledged us too. So when you and I learn how to acknowledge the Lord and then to acknowledge people, we're growing in that posture. Another thing about being hospitable is it's being intentional, if you're following along, it's being intentional and initiating with healthy boundaries. It's being intentional and initiating with healthy boundaries. We've said this so many times, friends, you and I will never drift into spiritual maturity. We will never all of a sudden just drift into becoming like Jesus. It requires intentionality of saying, Lord, I will give myself to this process with you. I'll be intentional. But to be hospitable, and here's the real scary word. Are you ready? You have to be initiating. To be hospitable is not just saying, I'll wait till they come to me. Being hospitable says, I'll go first. I'll initiate. I'll make the first move. And for some of us, Everything in our culture says, don't do it. Sometimes because of danger. Sometimes because we've been hurt. Sometimes because we are so ashamed of the people we are or we're so afraid that if people really got to know us, they wouldn't like us. And so there's all kinds of things that hold us back. But the Bible says is that Christ has welcomed us now. He knows everything about us and he's still welcomed us. Now we can welcome other people with humility. We can do it with grace. And so the healthy boundaries part is this. Sometimes we think, you know, well, Jeff, man, this is just like one more H and one more thing in my life. And so, man, you just keep piling it on. Here's the thing. Healthy boundaries is not about it's all up to you or it's all up to me. Boundaries is what's my part, what's your part. So let's just say someone comes into our church and we do everything in our power to be hospitable to them, but they still say we're not hospitable enough or they still say you should do this and you should do this. And after a while, here's what I want to say. Are we responsible to adapt our whole lives around someone else and then even if they say it's not good enough, is that a problem? Yeah, sure. Healthy Boundaries just said, am I doing something? Am I doing my part? Some of us need to know healthy boundaries because we compare ourselves to an outgoing person and we're a shy person. So what would that look for us if we just grew more even as a shyer person in this area? Jesus in Luke 10, when he sent out his disciples, said, look, be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. I'm not asking you to do this without a sense of boundaries. It's not completely up to you to become so hospitable. You have no life left. What I'm saying is, are you doing your part? So he says, when you go into a home, watch to see, is the person a person of peace? Do they welcome you? If so, stay. Go further in that relationship. If they don't, move on. 
Shake the dust off your sandals and know that you did your part. You reached out like I asked you to do. And friends, that's what he's asking us to do. So am I doing my part? I want to just ask you, in the last week, have you been hospitable in any way you can point to? If so, then you're growing in this. If not, then that's just a reminder rather than beating yourself up to say, okay, Jesus, I get the point. This is what you want to keep growing me in, and I will. Now, here's another thing I want you to see is how we demonstrate this. So, Dad, I've been thinking about this. Would you mind coming up here and being like my volunteer? Would that be all right? Have any of you met Gary Nelson before? Do you mind welcoming him up to the stage here? So, so he didn't know this was going to happen, so this is really real live stuff, okay? So you mind stepping over here? Now, let's just say... How does, how does this look? I mean, how does this happen? I want to make sure you know that when I said be attentive, be sensitive, I'm not talking about that we become these people that are like over-the-top weird. One of the things we teach our greeters is be, be normal. Be normal, okay? Hey! No, we're not talking about that, okay? But if you're following along, here's what I want you to see in your notes. Greet with eye contact, a handout, a warm voice in order to learn more. Greet with eye contact, a handout, a warm voice in order to learn more. So here's what it would look like to leave our, comfort, our circle of comfort and turn around and move into the zone of the unknown. Here's what it looks like, okay? We talked about this years ago, walk across the room. This would look like this. It would be eye contact. Friends, I appreciate when parents teach their kids to look people in the eye. That is respect 101. So to look them in the eye and say, hi, my name's Jeff. What's yours? Mine's Gary. Nice to meet you. Okay, now, at that point, I got to discern, is this guy wanting to run from me right away? Or can I at least learn a little bit more about him? One of the things my dad's taught me is get to know someone's story, if possible. Now, you may not want to do that in just a quick interchange, but I can ask one more question. From time to time, people in the church will say, man, I tried this and it bombed. And they'll say, here's what happened. I'll say, how long have you been coming here? And they said, nine years. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I would recommend not asking that question. But sometimes in our nervousness, it just is. But if that happens, just go, oh, well, hello. <laughs> you know, but at that point, again, we need to be able to laugh at ourselves too. And that's what the grace of God enables us to do. But anyway, as I'm shaking your hand, here's what, hey, how did you start coming to Cherry Hills? And that question, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you answer. I don't remember. It's too long ago. Okay. All right. Well, would you thank my dad for being willing to come up here? Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. But here's a possible question. How long have you been, you know, how did you start coming to Cherry Hills? Not how long have you been. How did you start coming to Cherry Hills? You know, where are you from? Tell me about yourself. Anything like that that's more about, tell me about you. Do you realize how valued someone feels nowadays if you're genuinely interested in them? It's unbelievable. But again, it all depends on what the interaction is. But I would love it if, if it became impossible for someone to leave our church campus without at least several people doing this because God's just saying, hey, welcome people the way I've welcomed you. Now, how do we do this? <clears throat> I mean, excuse me, let me put one more thing that Jesus adds in this. This is an interesting thing he taught. If we're inhospitable, if you're following along, if we're inhospitable, we may miss Jesus in disguise. 
if we're inhospitable, someone says, well, what if, I'm, what if I don't care about this stuff? Well, here's the thing. You may miss Jesus. He says, one day when you stand before me, I'm going to help you see your life and what it could have been. Notice in that second grade box, you see that first sentence? Let's read it together. I was a stranger and you invited me in. So he tells this incredible parable and the people say, Lord, when? When did we invite you in? And he said, whenever you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to who, friends? Me. The way you treated them is the way you would have treated me. And then he goes on and says, but some of you, I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. And they'll say, Lord, when do we invite you in? He said, whenever you didn't do this for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. And so there's an opportunity. Sometimes people come dressed up. Jesus comes dressed up incognito. And he's looking to see, will you welcome me? Will you take that opportunity? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So how do we do this? Like, how can we grow in this hospitable? Let me bring it home. Uh, I have one more picture up here. Do you see this triangle? Inside the triangle, for those listening online, Jesus, the word Jesus is inside the triangle. Then in the top corner is the word up. In the right corner is the word in. In the left corner is the word out. As Jesus walked this earth like we have, he paid attention to three primary relationships. Those three primary relationships was up with his father, then in with his disciples, and then all of those outside of his inside circle, people far from God, people that were still on the way. And so he cared about all three of those relationships. Now, what would it look like if you and I became hospitable like Jesus in these same ways? Let me talk with you about that. First up, what does it look like? This is, by the way, some people will say, Jeff, isn't it possible for people that aren't Christians to be hospitable? Sure. Do you remember Jesus' story? The Good Samaritan. But Jesus' point wasn't to say, hey, try and be merciful and hospitable without me. That wasn't the point of his story. What he's saying is, the difference is, is that when you and I become like him, we pay attention to the up relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so part of this, if you're following along, is making room for God's Spirit and His Word. Making room for God's Spirit and His Word. You want to watch someone's life change? Invite them to make more room for God's Spirit and God's Word in their lives. This is what we're all trying to learn how to do if we're serious about becoming unshallow. And so as we do that, Colossians 3.16 has this interesting picture. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It's talking to individuals and a church family. So what if the word of Christ is more and more at home in my life? So as I make room for God's word, it, it has the run of the house. What if the Holy Spirit has more room to influence me, more room to guide and direct me instead of just Jeff? It's totally different. And so as I first learned to be hospitable up every day, oh Lord, thank you for welcoming me. I welcome you. The second one is in. What would it look like if we began just to care about how we care about each other inside our church family, inside the family of believers? You know, I don't want to invite anybody into something that doesn't have a love going on inside. Do you? If I don't have a family that loves, I don't want to invite other people to be part of it. 
because they'll see that we're just a joke. But if we're learning this stuff, so to warmly, it's warmly including each other and our guests. It's warmly including each other and our guests. I love it every time I see someone uh, say, hey, do you want to sit with us? Or hey, do, do you have someone else? You know, that, and just at least inviting. Even if the person says, no, you're creepy, then at least, <laughs> at least you, you can say, thanks a lot, but I mean, I just wanted to make sure you felt welcome. I'm being somewhat playful, but the idea here is this, is if we just at least our antennas up, at least we're making sure that no one's standing off by themselves. That no one week after week after week doesn't have someone say, hey, let's look for a way to envelop them, to include them. The Acts 2.46 says people broke bread together in their homes with glad and sincere hearts. That meant that they didn't just do big group stuff, but they found ways during the week to do smaller group stuff. And so some of us have the spiritual gift of hospitality, and we should definitely use that. God made that possible for our body to have, but all of us are meant to practice hospitality. Look at Romans 12, 13, if you would. Let's read it together. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And definitely let's make sure we do that inside, both with ourselves and our guests. The third one is out reaching out in love wherever I go. This is Jesus, friends. Jesus showed this in the Good Samaritan. Did you notice the Good Samaritan was miles from his house? It was hospitable on the go. Hospitable spirit. You and I can bring wherever we go, if it's in our heart to welcome, if it's in our heart to make room, if it's in our heart to include, and say, hey, tell me more about yourself. Hey, how are you doing? Paying attention. And you and I can do that. So I want to show you a story now of something that happened in our church family. About 10 years ago, we started building a relationship with Feitzen's Academy over on 15th Street. And there was a teacher. I remember when I would go to the breakfast, our church would offer the teachers to say, way to go, you're doing something important. There was a teacher there, single gal at the time, that I remember meeting and uh, I never had any idea when I met her that it would lead to what's happened. But listen to her story. This is Christina Taylor. The hospitality that I was shown by Cherry Hills, at the very beginning when I really just needed God to show me something, it stirred up this hunger in me to learn more about God. I'm a different person now. And I'm so thankful. My name is Christina Taylor. I'm married to Daniel Taylor. We have three kids. We have Christopher, who is almost eight, Nicholas, who's six, and Sophia, who is three and a half. So 10 years ago, I went through a really painful divorce, and I fell to my knees and just begged God to please show me the way, because I had gone my own way for so long, and I really just realized that I needed him. Although I had grown up in the church, I had fallen away and just kind of done my own thing for many, many years and thought I, thought I knew best, but I realized that I didn't and I needed God. I started dating a high school friend of mine um, across the distance. I lived in New York. He lived in Illinois. Um, and little by little, as our relationship progressed, we realized we needed to be in the same city. 
It was a very quick process where I had to find work here, I had to find a home, I had to become certified as a teacher in Illinois. I found a job very quickly and started working at Fightgen's Elementary School. I found out about Cherry Hills because they were partnering with Fightgen's Academy. And so they would come to encourage teachers, they would come to um, do sweet things for the students, maybe be mentors for the students, bring supplies in for the students. And I was just blown away by all the different things that Cherry Hills was doing in our school. I just couldn't believe that there were women who would sit somewhere and like knit little hats for our students that didn't have anything. Or that they would take the time to make us breakfast and encourage us and tell us how grateful they were for us. It was just really beautiful to see what people are doing to like live out what they believe in and just to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. It was really moving for me. felt at home the first time that I visited Cherry Hills and I felt moved in a way that I hadn't felt in years. The hospitality that I felt from Cherry Hills was unbelievable for me. I mean from them coming and reaching out to me in the community to bringing me cherry pies at my house it changed everything for me. It just made me realize that the little things that you say yes to for God mean a lot. With what was done at Fightchen's and we're only telling my story right now but you impacted not just me, but my five members of my family. Five people that'll be on fire for God, God willing. And who knows how they may impact other people. Doesn't that make you glad? So I love what she said, little things that are done. We just never know. And sometimes we think hospitable is doing this big thing, but so many times it's just caring. Jesus said, even a cup of cold water in my name is powerful. And so this last thing about practicing, here's a prayer. If you're willing to pray it, Lord, as I open my heart, grow my heart for others. Lord, as I open my heart to you more and more as I make room for you, then grow my heart for other people as well. And there's a guy in our church, he's in his 80s now. I have so much respect for this guy. I was talking with him this weekend. We were praying together. And I, I said, you know, what have you learned about being hospitable? He says, what I've noticed is in the last number of years, I'm more comfortable going up to people than I was earlier in my life. I said, what do you think happened? He said, you know, when I think about it, I think Jesus has just been able to shape my life more in the last few years. That's him rubbing off on me. And I thought to myself, that's it. That's it. What would it look like if Jesus rubbed off on you more and more, if you rubbed off on me more and more? And then if each one of us tried to do our part to be hospitable, friends, can you imagine that math of how it could add up? And this is what can happen. Are we still needing to grow in this? Absolutely. Well, what happens if we say yes? And so I just want to invite you to pray with me before we take communion. Now, Lord, thank you for helping us reach out 
Christina and her husband Daniel and their three kids and there's many other people. God, so many people that are alone and lonely that are far from God, that are confused and lost and broken. Some people, everything's going fine, but they know something's missing. Show us to be how to be the loving and inviting family of God in a broken world. Show us how to love each other. Show us how to do the up thing with you every day. And now, God, as we take communion, thanks for inviting us to the table. Amen.